So you're saying there's going to be a leak of a sex tape coming out here soon? Yeah, yeah. It'll be the most disappointing missionary sex tape that you've <laughs> ever seen in your entire life. He is one of many, but he's the Dan Barry with A, B, A, R, R, Y. Yeah, thanks. I saw the, the, the picture and I was like, wait a second. You have my name right in the... Yeah. The tweet itself. Yeah. Well, you know, I try and I screwed up. And then the tweet was already out. And then I cop, I take the link and I try to spread it around somewhere to, to get traction. And then I was like, oh, if I go back and change the graphic and delete it, I got to do all that again. I changed it for Instagram. It's all good. What you going to do, right? That literally happens every single day of my life. I so was, it's okay. Saying to Vanessa, um, do you know how many Dan Barrys there are in the world? Yeah, uh, well, uh, my uncle is one of them. He writes for the New York Times, so he is uh, he's notorious. Uh, then you have Dan Barry, the astronaut slash survivor contestant. Then you have Dan Barry, the cartoonist. There's a musician in Virginia. Jeez. There's a whole bunch of uh, relatively famous Dan Barrys. And then there's me. And- the Dan Barry. This plummets after that. <laughs> uh, I heard. I heard uh, you on. I followed you on TikTok. I heard you, I, you have uh, your first uh, whatever they call them talks ticks. Uh, you said you've been getting fucked by life for thirty nine years, uh, yet you're not a millionaire like Kim Kardashian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone shits on Kim Kardashian yeah. right. because of whatever. Let's say sex tape or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. Everyone wants to shit on her for it, but like. Why? Like, yeah, she's a billionaire off of it. Who cares? Right. Is that the, is that the problem? Like, you know, you hear it all the time. It's like, oh, I don't want to be like Kim Kardashian. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you think for one second I wouldn't be like Kim Kardashian tomorrow if I could be? Of course I would be. So you're saying there's going to be a leak of a sex tape coming out here soon? Yeah. Yeah. It'll be the most disappointing missionary sex tape <laughs> that you've ever seen in your entire life. <laughs> would there be a soundtrack to it? Yeah, it would just be it would just be that um, you hear Cat Stevens in the background. Uh, you'd hear me go, "Oh my god, my legs cramping, my legs cramping," and then I would get up and I would have to get Gatorade, and that would be that's love. Uh, oh, it boy. sounds pretty realistic. <laughs> Thinking, yeah. yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. When we, you're on top, and you just gotta like lie on your side for a second because you're all tired yeah. and you're sciatica, and you just kind of like get it going, and you're like, okay. And then you say, like, "Did you finish?" Like, yeah, I don't know, I'm, maybe. I'm, <laughs> I'm in too much pain. This is getting way too graphic for for this. It's the nine thirty spot. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. This is that's right. It's top of the hour or bottom bottom of the hour, middle of the hour, middle of the hour. That's right. Um. I wanted to ask you when you came on. We got distracted by sex tapes. Mm-hmm. Um, you're an amateur. You were an amateur wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, how hard is it to cut and make weight when you're an amateur wrestler and you discover weed? Well, I uh, that was a big problem for me. Is that uh, I didn't want to lose weight, right? Because like, so I got into amateur wrestling initially because to me it was like pro wrestling. I want to be a pro wrestler, so it's like. Well, all these wrestlers were amateur wrestlers, and now they're pro wrestlers. Um, and then you realize that, like, oh, no, there's, like, 
you know, wrapping yourself in, in garbage bags and trying to shed weight for cut day. You have to eat salad and no dressing for, you know, every day of your life. And I just never really wanted to do that. So I really didn't. And then uh, I wasn't a particularly good amateur wrestler. I was, you know, at best average. Um, and then uh, at the point during all of it, I was like, I hate every ounce of this. And then I immediately discovered marijuana. And then that was it. That was it was just filled with Edmonds cakes and uh, an ice cream at that point. Mm. And now was, here I am. My, now you're a professional wrestler. Now I'm a professional. And I'm still shoving Edmonds cakes and ice cream into my face. My my uh, food of choice is always Oreos. So, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I like the double stuff. You get a good double stuff Oreo going. Mm-hmm. Just like you just sleeve them, and then <laughs> yeah. you get like the the chocolate inside of your mouth, and you're a kid because you're just kind of like shoving them in. Ah, oh, the best classic. Yeah. Um. Also, I was wondering, is it true that a crew worker in one of your matches was shot and killed. Yeah. Well, a couple of times. Couple <laughs> I, think, times. <laughs> I think historically in my career, I have accidentally shot in a match. Uh, a couple of people, uh, the, in progress wrestling, okay. I shot a referee on accident, oh. um, which was a lot of fun. Uh, it was the most ridiculous. Uh, well, we did the spot and we shot him. Mm-hmm. And then he had a blood packet, which was ketchup because you know, <laughs> blood packets, you get me? Like I'm getting corn syrup and red food coloring. And he, he did the thing and it didn't like, didn't, we yeah. expected it to like pop. It didn't. And it, it didn't at all. He just kind of like smashed ketchup into himself. <laughs> and then he had to like reach in and like pull out the blood. Um, but it got a good ovation. Yeah. And that's pretty much all I need to do. Uh, I'm sure if uh, certain members of the wrestling community saw it, they would probably hate me even more. But, you know, whatever. I'm not here for them. uh, Yeah, and that's a good segue because, um, well, first of all, I'll I'll get to the the comedy wrestling in in a second. Sure. I'm curious to know, uh, I believe, let me see, I wrote down the date. Where did I go? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, it's okay. If you if you try to remember dates, I will not remember them. So go ahead. Uh, okay. So you announced your retirement. Uh, was that yeah. true or just a gimmick to get more bookings? <laughs> yeah, uh, it was originally true. Um, you know, uh, I got to a point where, you know, uh, wrestling is, is – Chuck Taylor said it best and that at some point wrestling just becomes masturbatory mm-hmm. where you're it's for you. You're – you know, why am I out there for me? Um, and – you know, at some point, like the uh, my tag partner Bill at the time had been unable to perform as much as he wanted to because he had a career, and uh, it just got to a point where it's like, well, we have nowhere to go, and no one was booking me as a singles wrestler, and it became like a very like uh, it became depressing. And then I got to a point where uh, you know, when you're a performer, uh, not to get too serious because I try not to be too serious in these things, um, but when you're a performer, there's like there's like a performer's depression that occurs. And you can't like get over it. There's no like, um, oh, I got a booking. Like things yeah. are good. Like it doesn't matter. Like um, especially for somebody like me, they always say like the clown is the saddest person in the room. Like I was just always, I never was happy. I got like really depressed about wrestling. I really depressed about like most of my life. Um, and I was like, I think I should stop. And then I sent a message to my group chat of a couple of wrestlers. I was like, I think this is it. I think I'm done. And I put it out there. 
And then I was done. I, I had my plan was to get to what would have been, I think at that point, like 19 years and be like, I'm done. Um, and then I got an opportunity. Uh, I got a couple of weird, unique opportunities. Like I went, I went to um, OTT in Ireland and I got um, an opportunity to wrestle there. And I never thought I would. And I, the crowd there like kind of brought love into me. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Like it made me realize why I like wrestling and it wasn't, you know, the, the the five-star matches or the whatever it wasn't that it was like yeah. that it was the environment it was people it was getting people into something and you know i won over a group of people who had no idea who i was like some of them kind of do whatever but generally nobody had a clue who i was and i won them over i was like this is why i like wrestling and then i had an opportunity to, i did um i was in the 10-man tag match of bola that year and it was like when i came out like i got an ovation for just being there, which was like, oh, people actually do kind of like me. And I realized that, like, at some point, you kind of have to stop putting your, you know, internal emotions and depending upon others to give you the external, like, the feedback mm -hmm. to make you feel better about yourself. Um, and I decided I wasn't going to stop wrestling. And then naturally, uh, everyone made fun of me for announcing <laughs> my wrestling my career being over and then continuing to wrestle. Um, but I had plans. I had things I wanted to do. And I had a you know, I wanted to make sure I got to England. I want to make sure I got back to Ireland. I wanted to make sure that I got to like um, do some different aspects of wrestling. And then I, the other end of it is to then bring up the next group of people so that they can learn from whatever I learned and they don't get like the same shitty advice I kind of got coming in. And hopefully that would uh, ex escalate the next group of people. That was kind of how, where I'm at now. Nice. One day I'm just gonna like wrestle, have a match, and I'm just gonna take my shoes off, leave them in the ring, and that'll be it. That'll, that'll be, be the tell nobody the and just do it. Yeah. yeah, that's been a thought. The idea of like just riding off into the sunset and like just not taking bookings anymore. But then like I'm way too public on social media. Like there's zero chance I'm gonna be like, oh I don't know. And then, like, I'd be like I'm out, and I'd probably cry. And that's pretty much my that's the truth. <laughs> um, yeah, they embraced you in Ireland, right? They adopted you. Weird. It was real weird. Um, I think they just recognized the humor and the idea that like, like kindred spirits, so to speak. Like I, I, I walked into a match where nobody knew who I was, and rather than trying to like win them over, I immediately went, "Nobody knows who I am." So I'll, let's just go get drunk, and that was <laughs> what, what I think what won them over. And then the first offensive move they saw me do was a was a topic on Hilo over the corner onto the floor, and so from their perspective, like, wait. Wait what and then yeah i that was it i got i could kind of do no wrong in that moment and to the credit of be cool who was my opponent like the match was structured in a way to like get him over but also like i got my part my i got my shit in yeah. and it was like oh well he got his shit in. good and then that was all i really needed to do so nice i got lucky yeah um oh i was gonna mention uh what was it team team tremendous with your partner mm -hmm. there bill correct I was, yes. Yes. Um, comedy wrestling. I wanted to get back to that. Sure. Okay. First of all, would you consider yourself a comedic wrestler? Um, yes. I feel like I've had comedy style matches, mm -hmm. but I would argue that I am a wrestler with personality more than I'm a comedy wrestler. Mm, I like that. Because, I mean, I don't know. I, I, you know what the thing is, though? It's an opinion. Like, right. my opinion on the subject right. is going to be very different than many people's. Um, 
but like even my sense of humor would dictate that it would be like i would consider myself more wrestling comedian um i have comedy spots and matches but then they subsequently get turned into matches right and then the matches sort of highlight the wrestling side of the house and then there's obviously personality side driven things and people um you know the gimmick for team tremendous was wasn't that we were cops is that we were crazy people who thought we were cops <laughs> thought they were and when cops. you put it in that perspective it changes the way that we you look at what team tremendous was now did i do a great job conveying it not really because at some point it didn't matter we could just kind of get away with whatever we want to do and we kind of leaned into that a little bit um but in the beginning it was just like you know uh we had finger guns because we wouldn't have real guns we dressed like people who we'd seen on tv like there was a whole like you know I'm a big fan of like Don Quixote and like um, there's a guy named Emperor Norton who is a okay. crazy person from San Francisco who people thought who claimed he was an emperor and people just kind of like let him be an emperor and no one really cared. <laughs> and that's kind of what I was basing it on. And then uh, it turned into just drunk Bill and stupid Dan. And then <laughs> it's, a good it, name of, it's a good name of a tag team. Drunk Bill. Well, if you, and if, but if you watch like Bill was just drunk. Like yeah. if you ever watched how he acted when he wrestled, he was a drunk guy, he was just a big old drunk guy. And then, I just was whatever. I was the guy that got beat up. <laughs> uh, took the heat. Took the heat. Goddamn uh, right. Um, how would you describe your gimmick and character now? Just stupid. Now you're just stupid Dan with no drunk Bill. Now I think I'm. A, I it's. You can't ignore the history, right? Right. So you can't ignore like that. I am Team Tremendous. I tried to like walk away from Team Tremendous and be like my own thing, but it's like I don't think that people wanted me to be like this, like wrestler wrestler they want me to be what they know me as and in some respect it's like where do i stake my claim where do i put my foot down so i know this is me and this is not me and um but i enjoy i enjoy what i'm doing now the idea that i have a the shirt is i'll never be famous is the idea that like this is i'm an indie guy like that's it now like i had my two sides of my combined four minutes in dark i had my like I had my things that I've done in my life, but like at this point I am indie wrestler, Dan Barry and uh, I'm, I peaked. And right. so now I bring all of the knowledge I have from my 22 years in pro wrestling into what I do now. So therefore I have like, you know, my matches are designed to be uh, personality, but also then subsequently like actual matches, so to speak. I, I don't know. There's no real like character straight, yeah. straight, easy answer. I'm just Dan. Um, just dialed up to eleven, and which is the worst response when I ever asked what your character is, but it is the truth. Like it's right. just at some point you just kind of become you, or you become what you want people to think you are. So I'd rather be me at this point. People should start saying dialed up to twelve, and they would just be a little bit better than ever. My favorite thing is dialed up to it's me dialed up to eleven, and you're like, yeah, but like you're real boring. Like I don't. <laughs> <laughs> eleven U is more boring than seven U. Like go back to seven U when you were break it down a bit. Yeah, like go, incorporate other personalities. You know, like interesting ones into yeah. your gimmick. Vanessa, I know you're not talking. I kind of want you to. Like, I feel weird that we're just talking. Oh, that's that's the gimmick. That's our gimmick. <laughs> She'll I, jump. I, she I, can. She's allowed to jump in at any time. She has carb. Uh, what is it? Right, Carte blanche. 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 I, I was going to make the joke that you're allowing her to speak. Oh, like did, I be, yeah. did I say that? Did I say in a way? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, but yeah, it's, it's fun. And I, I just, that's who I'm going to be at this point. Just, just Dan. Dan. Only, yeah. only Dan. No, only slams. 
Only slams. Only slams. That's the new shirt. New shirt coming out. Just saw. Just saw that. You know what's funny though? Someone told me like a friend of a mutual friend. Like I'm friends with Nyla Rose to an extent, but not really. Like we're we're friendly, right? Um, but we have a mutual who was like Nyla had that shirt and it had to get taken down because of AEW. And I was like, I had no idea. And I looked it up and found it. And I'm like, all right, mine's kind of different, so I'm good. But uh, I felt bad because I had no. Yeah. I had no clue. I don't look up. I kind of come up with an idea and I go, this is my shirt. And yeah. I, I make it. And it's like, a... I, I bet you that happens more times than you would think too. Yeah. I think that there's some people like it's in the comedy where it's like, people go like, Oh, it's, you're just stealing a joke. It's like, no, sometimes it's a similar train of thought. Like you, if your joke is like the, the premise is similar or the same, but the jokes are different. It's not stealing a joke. It's a, it's a similar train of thought. Like you can't have like a Donald Trump joke and then be like, oh, someone stole my Donald Trump joke. Right. It's like, no, nah, man, like he's a public figure right. and people are going to have fucking jokes about him. Like, relax. Yeah. Like, but yeah. in this case, it was genuinely like, I, we came up with the idea for Only Slams. I made it. And then it was like, well, <laughs> like, shit. God. Oh, crap. That's why I put the little lucha mask in there. I tried to make it like unique enough that like I didn't want it to be like a Dan Barry shirt. I wanted to be a shirt that Dan Barry sold that had nothing to do with me. <laughs> Um, because Smart. I think those are the best ones. Like the ones that sell the best are the ones you have no idea that they're yeah. in my shirt. So <laughs> that's funny. Um, speaking of comedy, um, you're a comedian as well uh, mm-hmm. as a wrestler. Have have you always have you always been a funny guy? Um, I yeah. I mean, I suppose. I, so so so. The Irish New Yorker me is going to be like, don't brag about yourself. That's stupid. Right. No one does that. Um, so, but I, I would try to be funny. Like, it's, I was definitely somebody who wanted to be the class clown. Like, I like making people laugh. I've always tried to be like, I always try to look at something from an angle that maybe necessarily wouldn't always be looked at from. And I got to present my ideas that way. Um, and I've always been a creative person. Uh, I would argue I'm not the funniest member of my family, mm. but. Um, I think that I'm the one who's more structured to go out and tell jokes than than the other one, the other ones. Yeah, you had a good story in, in one of the podcasts I listened to. Uh, well, I mean, a good story about something tragic. You guys were at a funeral. It was your grandmother's. Yeah, I believe. So my yeah. So my grandmother's funeral. Uh, we're all sitting there like well my mom my and my three brothers are all in like uh the yeah. funeral home which is right next to the church and we're all like crying hysterically yeah. and we're kind of like in line like oldest to youngest so my older brother brian is there then me then my brother mike and then my brother steve and my mom was like kind of hugging us in order and so i was like oh my god i'm so sad i'm so sad so by the time she got to my brother steven like we had been crying for like six minutes my brother Steven just as she's coming goes, suck it up, and he hugs her, <laughs> and it's so good. It's like such like a like a great line, um, but uh, yeah, that's that's the that type of humor. <laughs> yeah, it's that it's pretty prevalent. There's a lot of family photos where um, we do the Silence of the Lambs uh, Buffalo Bill talk, and we just don't tell my mom we're about to do it, and we just kind of line up <laughs> and we all line up and do it. Um, but like. <laughs> I'm like 40, I'm like 39, yeah. right? So I have an older brother's in his 40s. My brother Mike's 38. My brother Steven's 36. Like, we, at this point, we right. got to like, <laughs> got to start having like normal like photos with my mom. Um, at least. Rather than like the wrestling pose where if I had my thumb up like, hey, mom. <laughs> I'll yeah. so, sure, I'll sign your shirt. <laughs> point, point, sir. Um, I have a really funny story. This is a, I'll tell another really fucking right. funny story. Okay. Yeah. So 
Um, it's about my my grandfather. So my grandmother's husband passed away last year right okay. before WrestleMania. Um, and I was like one of the people who had to take care of him the most. Like I just kind of kept showing up there because I had I'm I live close enough by that I would show up and I would kind of like go over the house and take care of him, talk to him, whatever, take him to doctor's appointments and so on. Um, and then he was in the hospital and they were going to put him in hospice care. And so he had decided like he had a week to live. So I ran to the hospital and I decided I was going to spend the entire day with him. And then him being a stereotypical Irish man has like, Oh, you don't have to stay here. You can go. And I'm like, I've been here for 25 minutes, grandpa. I have six hours. Like I'm getting my six hours in. like, we're going to sit here and hang out. And we talked and we did whatever. And it got down to the point where we had to go. And in this moment, so like, just so put the set the stage, I was convinced this was the last time I was seeing my grandfather. Right. Like that was it. We, we both felt in that moment, this would be it. Um, and as I was like, I knew the moment was coming. It was like, I had to be out in the next two or three minutes. I was staring at him. I'm like, I think they're going to kick me out, grandpa. And he goes, okay. And then him being they're an Irish man didn't, he never really hugged or said he loved me or whatever. It was always like a firm yeah. handshake. So you could see like the hand coming with the handshake. And he shook my hand and uh, he said to me, uh, you're a good son and you've grown to be a good man, which immediately broke me. Right. Like eh, seconds crying hysterically. I am tears. He's crying. And I can tell in that moment he wants more. He wants like a real, like a hug. And I'm like, this doesn't happen, so I'm going to fucking take I'm taking the hug from Grandpa. And I walk around to the other side of the bed, and he sits up and he hugs me. And he says again, you're a good son, and you, you've grown to be a good man. And I look, and his, his gown had come up. And you could see everything. Like, every every inch of my grandfather. So my what I imagined to be my final memory of my grandfather... Yeah was me discreetly trying to hide his, <laughs> his private parts from his gown. <laughs> He's, like, crying. And I'm, like, throwing it down. And finally, like, you know, I leave. He ended up not being his last time seeing right. him. But, like, I left the hospital. Like, my last memory of my grandpa was going to be me trying to hide his wiener <laughs> like, from the on from the passerbys, so to speak. So Trying to figure out what's going on in there. <laughs> yeah, like, what is that guy doing? I'm like, oh, <laughs> Right. And like you're trying to, you can't be like so firm that like you just pull it down because then he knows and it ruins yeah. the moment. So I'm trying to be like slick about it. I'm like, this isn't working. This isn't working. <laughs> so yeah, that's my, um, that's my, one of my last memories of my grandfather is me. Wow. hiding his Etch that right into your brain. And, and I, I've tried to do that on stage, like the story of it. Yeah. Um, but people don't like it. Really? <laughs> There's like two parts of it too. The other side of it is that like my last day, my grandfather was alive. Like I, I was with him and I I said to him like, you know, it's okay. If you go grandpa, we'll be okay. Like I'm trying to say to him like, cause he was holding on and like, it was, it wasn't good. And I'm like, you can go like, don't worry. And so the next day he'd end up passing was Easter Sunday. And I go to his house and we're all crying and sobbing. And every single person, a member of my family, said the same thing though they all said to him it's okay you can go and i'm like imagine he wasn't dying and like he just had like 25 people they all you like, guys all said goodbye you, you all can done. die now you can die now grandpa he's like what the fuck like i'm watching family feud like leave me alone like <laughs> you're bothering me this is a, this is a very dark this has turned very dark very, yeah. very quickly but, but but we're both smiling and laughing yeah vanessa has turned her camera off she does not want to yeah. be any part of this She's probably, she left. 
Plus, it's not her. I, she, I allow her to talk in five minutes. Oh, good. good. <laughs> she gets her time. Vanessa time. Speaking of uh, being on stage and telling jokes that people love or may not love, uh, you are with Mick Foley on his tour. I am. And I don't know if there's dates before this, but I know June 8th you'll be in my neck of the woods in Albany. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a Wednesday uh, at the Linda, I believe is the name. Yeah, of it. the Linda. Yeah. The Linda. I don't know what that is, but I was told it's a performing <laughs> arts center. It is. It is a performing arts center. Actually, WAMC, WAMC performing arts center. Yeah, the Linda, something yeah. like that. I actually, I literally live in the Albany area, and I had never heard of it. Well, well, now you have to go. I'm planning to go. Okay, um, that doesn't. <laughs> that's you. That's your slick way of being like, oh, something came up. Oh. <laughs> I'm st- this is me already. I'm planning to go. Now I'm going to set the stage for if I don't make it, I have to check. I have three daughters, so I have to make sure we don't have gymnastics or softball. I don't think we do. I know it's not one of my kids' birthday because that's this week. So okay. I should be able to be there. Okay. Well, if not, the next day I'll be at Levity Live in Nyack, New York, mm. which is by the is in the Palisades Mall, for those of you who don't know. Um, and it's the largest mall in New York, so you have to go at that point. Because it's huge. It's probably There's a, f- a Ferris wheel in the fucking thing. You probably, have to go. Probably a Foot Locker, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are the two big... That's how you know it's a big mall. <laughs> There's a Ferris wheel and a Foot Locker. And a Foot Locker. One independent of the other. Definitely not a big mall. It just could be any mall, but... As long as it has a Ferris wheel and a Foot, mo- mm-hmm. foot Locker. That's right. Will you right. be at the Brant? show in canada no so i have uh this weekend i have excite wrestling on on the 5th on june 5th um and then there's there there's like a convention that he's in a part of which is i think the third fourth fifth and then the sixth and seventh he's doing two shows to raise money for um i think the buffalo fire department and something else uh so the idea was that uh, those shows he would I would not be able to get paid, and it's an eight-hour drive for me to get to. So it was like, okay, well, let's, I'll meet you in Albany, and we'll just do Albany and uh, the Palisades. Yeah. I mean, gas is off the fucking charts. Yeah, oh, it's wild. It's wild. It's I'm not looking forward to the Binghamton or Albany drives, if I can be honest. It's just a, it's a lot of driving. Um, you you uh, friends with Mick? I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you got a good story about <clears throat> accidentally getting a role on his show, Holy Foley. Yeah, it's um he. I hadn't seen him in a little bit, and he was. I had to pick up a sweatshirt from where he was going to be. Okay. And I walked in the room as he was telling the story. He was talking to somebody, and I figured I would. I knew he was going to be there. I knew I had to pick up a sweatshirt. So I'm like, oh, I'll like kill two birds in one stone. Say hi to Mick. I haven't seen him in a while. I'll pick up a sweatshirt. So I show up, he's sitting in the room, and he goes, Dan can train Noel. <laughs> and I went, Bob, I'm sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. A, and I found out they were filling a pilot, right. and the pilot would be um, the uh, Mick Foley. Basically, what would happen was Noel would be getting trained to be a wrestler, and then Mick would come in and take over the training duties. And that was the idea. And I was, so my part was going to be very small. Right. They filmed the pilot, and then they didn't really like how the pilot came out, but they liked the storyline, so they went to film episode one of that. And so they filmed the first episode. This is actually a very true story that Mick Foley told me himself in Poughkeepsie, New York. And I had no idea. So I'm going to relay it to you because <laughs> I think it's interesting. But um, 
they filmed episode one with the idea that I would no longer be training Noel, Mick would be coming in, and so on and so forth. Right. They sent the footage to the producers, the executive producers, and one Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And Vince McMahon's two notes were, one, he wanted to see more of Mick's dog, because <laughs> Mick's dog pays attention to nobody and shits everywhere. Uh, and two, he wanted more Dan Barry. And he wanted, I imagine, because I pay attention to nobody and I shit everywhere. <laughs> uh, and I had no idea. And Mick told me that story. And my response to Mick when I found out was, you know, he has two other TV shows he could have put me on. I'd have been happy to be another one of those. And, yeah. It didn't work, but yeah. So Mick Fo- Mick Vincent Man is apparently the reason that I was on Holy Foley. Insane. There's your next shirt too. Just use one of those quote things that says, "I want more Dan Barry, Vincent Kennedy McMahon." Yeah, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, and then he'll be like, "Ah, oh, you can't prove I said that. You'd sue me for it." But you know, <laughs> no proof. That's my life, man. It's a it's a weird one, but I'm you know. Maybe they'll uh, bring back Legends House, and you can host it or something. Do you really believe in your heart of hearts that they brought back Legends? First off, isn't like everyone dead from the first Legends house? I don't think they're bringing that back for a while. They're like that was like a farewell tour that nobody wanted at all. Well, Jimmy Hart's still alive, I think. Is he though? (laughs) (laughs) That's our line. I usually say, is he though? He is a. I, I I saw Jimmy Hart at the Hogan Beach out Beach uh Beach whatever in uh, Tampa in Clearwater. Let me yep. take myself. And he just kind of like was walking around eating like a, a white bread sandwich at the restaurant. <laughs> and I couldn't I couldn't figure out for life me what was going on. And the person I was with was like, yeah, apparently he just like walks around eating mayo and cheese sandwiches and like lives in the hotel. It's like, oh man, good for him. Good, good for Jim. Oh man. We're dying to get Jimmy Hart on here to sing for us. We, we want him to. I imagine it's amazing. It would be great. Oh, come on, baby. <laughs> singing. There's so much hate. That is my man. <laughs> I'm not hating on it at all. I am merely just reporting what occurred. That's it. I have no. I'm calling balls and strikes here. I'm not saying anything bad or good about him. You're like, I saw him at Hogan's beach house. Like, I'm sure he's there all the time. <laughs> apparently he is and i had no like i went there a friend of mine lived in orlando uh, she lives in tampa and i went down i said hello to her like i had done a couple of shows that weekend and i went down to see her and she goes oh we gotta go to hogan's i'm like okay done (laughs) and we went and then like there he was right and then he has a t-shirt he had a t-shirt i don't think it's there anymore but the back had like all misspelled names like i don't know erwin r scheister was misspelled and like uh, then the, it was instead of the natural disasters, it was like the right. natural disasters. Like I'm, everything was misspelled, and I bought the shirt and gave it to my tag partner, Bill. I'm sure, he appreciated that. Oh, he was so happy. It was the best gift I could have ever given him. What's Bill doing these days? Uh, he's in. Well, he was in Ring of Honor. I guess that's dead now. Uh, yeah. But he was in. Uh, he was in Ring of Honor with uh, Vincent and Tyler Bateman and. Oh. Oh. Faction. Yep. yep. Okay. Uh, he's now known as Dutch. Ah, gotcha. Yep. And then uh, he, I don't know, uh, now he's just doing a bunch of indies uh, as that trio. So. Nice. nice. <clears throat> um, well, Dan, son of, son of Ireland. Uh, we're, we're adopted. A- adopted son. That's right. Adopted son. Fit in well, though. I'm sure they love you over there. 
drunk, stupid. Oh, you know, stupid. Stupid. <laughs> um, Santa show, and I'm going to give you the mic now. Uh, we talked about your your tour with Foley. I'm hopefully going to see you next Wednesday. Uh, Excite Wrestling is coming up, but if you want to let us know anything else or put anyone over or bury anyone or whatever you want to do, uh, the floor is yours, and I will not interrupt. I I pretty I tend to talk pretty long anyway, so I don't know that you'd be able to. I uh, I have uh, Excite Wrestling June fifth. I have uh, the Al- I have Albany Mick Foley on June eighth. Uh, Nyack New York June 9th. I have uh, VPW in St. James, New York on the 11th. I have Beyond Wrestling on the 12th in Foxborough, Massachusetts. And then I have uh, doing stand-up at Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut on the 23rd of June. Blitzkrieg Pro the 24th and YWC the 25th. Dropkick Depression the 26th. Those are my shows for the month of June. Uh, You can follow me at The Dan Barry on every form of social media. Excellent. That's it. I, that's all I got. I'm not, I'm not too, hey, too busy plugging. That's fine. That's great. Mohegan Sun would be a great place. That's what, the 23rd of June? 23rd of June. I will be gambling and doing comedy. Hey, it's the way to live right there. That's life. That is life. Well, Dan, uh, you've been a pleasure to have on. I apologize for misspelling your name. Okay. Uh, and uh, if you're, you're a funny guy. Vanessa, you got anything to say? It's your time to talk. Oh, I, That's all the time we got. Thanks, Jen. <laughs> Vanessa, I want you to ask me a question because I feel like I haven't, you haven't really spoken to me and I don't know if I offended you. No, no, that, that's the gimmick. Uh, the only thing, so a uh, question I would ask with comedy is do you find it hard with a so-called quote-unquote woke world to meander through the comedy world? Oh, uh, I'd say no. And the reason I'll say no is one, my comedy is not really designed to like attack. It's always very self-deprecating in case you can't tell. Uh, But really like I always found that funny's funny. Um, If it's funny, it's going to work. There are jokes that are offensive that are funny. There are jokes that um, there are topics that while offensive, you can make funny. Um, I think is at the end of the day, even the, the jokes you don't like come from a place of trying to make somebody laugh. So at their heart, jokes are generally tried to be good. That's not to say there's always good execution or whatever. I just have a rule of thumb. My rule of thumb is don't punch down. As long as I'm not attacking anybody that I in making somebody uh, feel less than me, I, 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 I'm on the right side of history. Does that make sense? Uh, I don't ever want anybody to feel like I went to a show and insulted them or their people because at the end of the day, it's not what I'm here for. Um, you know, but that's not to say that I will shy away from conversation points if I if I think something's funny out of them. Uh, you know, I just talked about my dying grandfather's penis. I'm pretty sure that there's a variety of topics I can bring up that'll offend somebody. But at the end of the day, I'm never trying to uh, attack anyone. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. Um, I my stand-up's pretty pretty straightforward. Um, more self-deprecating than anything else. But that's my opinion. Phenomenal question, Vanessa. That was a good one. Was I was hoping great. you had that one in the chamber earlier so I could I could go because I can talk all day about this type of stuff. In a woke society. It's interesting because I don't know that I agree with the term. Like oh, The idea of wokeism it's is like, like... quote, unquote. I don't agree with that yeah, term no, I, I, either. I, I, but like, yeah. 
I, I don't thought, know how to state it. In no, it's like quote unquote woke culture. It's that like, oh my god, this guy cares about other people. What a loser! Like that type of shit, where you feel like you, you know, people are like, well, how come we can't say that word anymore? When did that become offensive? It's like, man, it's always been offensive. You're just more aware of it now because we have a greater <laughs> access to information. Yeah. It's called the internet. Pay attention. And that's like my my biggest thing is like when people say, you know, uh, this used to be okay or like if uh, somebody's grandparents or somebody are racist and they're like, oh, like, you know, it's just a generational thing. It's like, yeah, but that means they never learned ever again. They got to a point and they were like, oh, that's it. I'm good. This is the way my life is going to be from this minute forward, minute forward. And it's like, that can't be true. That can't physically be true for you to not have learned something new since the last time you learned something that was shitty. So it's always upon us to pick up new information and try and improve as people. The human race exists because of the ability to adapt. And if we're not going to adapt, we're going to die. And that's it. So stop being dicks. Support everybody. Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ plus community, everything. Just support. Be a decent person. That's all it takes. Stop being dicks. Yeah, don't there's, be dicks. That's enough. a pretty good. That's it. If you just if your mindset was, I'm just not a dick. It's like, oh, there thank you go. fucking god, you're a hero. It's gonna be the t- title of the YouTube when we put this out. YouTube, don't be a dick. Yeah, and I can't wait for the hate messages. I already get like death threats whenever I post something remotely talking about my politics. So I can only imagine. But I stand by my fucking statement. I'm I'm honest. Well done. Well said. Well, Dan. Um, as I said, you've been a, you've been a pleasure to have on, uh, you're a funny guy, you're, you're a truthful guy and, uh, you're welcome back anytime. anytime hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Vanessa, great talking to you guys. Thank you so much. I hope, uh, y'all have a great day. Spectacular. Thank Glorious. Glorious day. Have a great night. Bye guys. Peace.